Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast. Gwen here, and today I am with Francis Canizares. Did I pronounce that right, Franz? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Wonderful. So Francis is a registered financial consultant and a full-time trader in the Philippine stock and equity market for over six years, and he's primarily uh, providing financial planning to Filipinos and licensed professional as well as business owners. He is also one of the co-founders of Alpha Edge Research, a startup focused on providing market education as well as research on the financial markets to the average Filipinos. He is very passionate about promoting comprehensive financial planning in the Philippines and he aims to earn the certified financial technician. So welcome to the show, Francis. Um, it's so nice to finally have you on the show. Hi, How's Gwen. it going? Hi, Gwen. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon, yeah. everyone who, who are listening to XY Podcast. I gave a, a really in-depth introduction for you, but I, I want our listeners to get to know you more and share your story. So can you tell us first, how did you get into financial advice? Okay, uh, first of all, I would like to thank thank you for this opportunity to ah, yeah, sure. share my financial advocacy on towards to financial advice. So first, getting to know myself, I've been a self-taught trader for the past six years, and with that, I created a passion, uh, started a passion or commitment to learn more in the financial markets. Because, mm. Yeah. Uh, Trading is fun, but there's wow. something more about it. So, mm. which led me to what's the financial advice industry? Now with that, uh, over last I think 2018, 2017, mm. uh, I found a group of traders here in Cebu, mm. Philippines. Right. And one of them is a registered financial consultant. For those who don't doesn't know the registered financial consultant. Uh, We'll provide the link below. Yeah. Yep. He introduced me to uh, the financial advice industry. Uh, with that, he shared some, one of the books regarding financial planning. Then I read those books, then researched from different websites pertaining to financial advice and other articles. And I got more interested because you provide that financial plan like it's like a building um, – routine or or a goal to achieve those uh, long-term achievements or let's say major purchases yes yes like cars and houses yeah, for true. for the family yeah mm -hmm. and with that i got more interested provide financial services especially to the filipino people as financial planning is not well known yet yes and uh, in our financial industry so, yep, that's how I realized that how important financial planning is. And hopefully, I could provide more 
solutions or tailor fit solutions to the Filipino people. Right. So and so that's why you became uh, a registered financial consultant. But before that, you were a um, you are still a full time trader. And you're still doing that right now alongside becoming uh, a financial consultant, right? Yeah, yep, that's correct. I'm still a trader and also practicing as registered financial consultant. As part of the registered financial consultant's compliance, we will need to have a continuing education. That's why mm. we need to be keep updated in the industry and also in the financial markets. Right, and and that's very uh, that's so true, right? Because um, I find that financial planning is like being in the information technology profession, where mm-hmm. you have to keep um, up to date with yep. the whatever's the latest information out there, because it's important for not only for your business to stay afloat and for you to be the best at what you are, but it also greatly helps your clients in how you help them make the financial decisions that they do, which gives me the opportunity to ask, what is a certified financial technician and why are you aiming to earn this title? Yeah, for this certified financial technician, uh, that would be based from the U.S. So Mm. it's more specifically on the the technical analysis and the financial markets more like there's involved in the price and volumes and also the indicators which would forecast or predict the price uh, we don't say usually predict predict we we study the the price history and we're det- uh, identifying which are the supports or resistances prices where there would be heavy buys or heavy sells and right. it, it would also create more credibility to yourself and more exposure to different financial professionals from different continents like Europe and the U.S. And hopefully there will be more many certified financial technicians in Southeast Asia. All right. Yes. And well, maybe I'd leave that question in another time, but I would really like to talk more about how to get that kind of certification. But for now, our, our main topic is actually about how financial advocates can demystify misconceptions about stock investing. So my question to that is, what are the most common misconceptions that you hear a lot about stock investing? Yeah, okay. Uh, we may have different misconceptions from, from what what we have heard. Um, for me, based from my background and other factors, uh, I have narrowed, narrowed down to three. Mm-hmm. So just to make it simple. Uh, the first one is some people say that investing is for rich people only, but over time, uh, especially this evolution of the information and develop management services, there have been uh, competitive businesses which you can start your investing at a low cost or mm-hmm. low initial balance, or mm-hmm. you can start with a zero account. It depends on the broker yeah. available in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that would be the. It's the best time to invest right now because uh, we have many ways on where to invest or start an account. 
Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um I remember that a lot of my friends actually started with this company that lets you invest in as low as 5000 pesos. Yep, right? that's correct. Yeah. But yeah, what was like the second misconception? Some of it. Uh, second, that would be the they don't need the financial plan. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, some would say, "Oh, you only live once. Uh, you just just spend anything and anything we want." But over time, as you grow old, uh, grow older, you you're looking for retirement funds. But yeah, sad to say, uh, some would say sad to say that you'll have small time to invest. So with that, stock investing is the integral part in the financial mm. plan, especially mm. for those risk profile whose appetite is willing to take higher risk with higher reward. But beside from stock investing, there's also some other financial instruments like bonds, which could talk with that another podcast. Mm. Yes, yes. Third one, and some would say they won't. They don't need the emergency fund. A lot of Filipinos do that. Why is that? And I, it's a, it's a common misconception. But I'd like to let's try to expand on that a bit. Like, why do you think a lot of people find it unnecessary to have an emergency an emergency fund? Is it because they actually don't know what an emergency fund is, and that's why they just go dive deep into stock investing without having set that aside mm-hmm. or is it really like they do know that this type of financial um, security exists but they just chose to um, disregard it because they don't find that it's necessary it, it depends on the financial circumstances of that mm-hmm. individual yeah, it's because of they have tight financial budget which they don't have any emergency fund some have enough cash or plus that they could fund the emergency fund but some they will just uh, deem it as part of it because uh, some would say that it would eat up by the inflation rate or some would say that cash is just sitting up there but for me uh, emergency fund is that should be easily liquidated So, mm, yes. in times of emergency, so for me, especially there's a situation when it comes to life and death. Mm. So sometimes you need that fund right away. Mm. So you need to be uh, easy access. But some some of those uh, they use the emergency funds for different purposes. Like mm. they need to purchase the let's say gadgets or electronics, which uh, doesn't. Define the emergency fund. Emergency fund. Oh, I'm guilty for that. Oh. So I remember we actually had a fund, an mm-hmm. emergency fund before uh, me and my husband, but we weren't married at the time. Mm-hmm. But because our married, our uh, married, our wedding was canceled because of COVID, yeah, we decided sorry. to say uh, that's okay. It, it turned out for the best, but at the time. We were very sad about it that we 
spent all of the money buying gadgets. <laughs> so, so we knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, we had the impulse because we were sad. So we were driven by our emotions and that's why I can all really understand why people sometimes deem their emergency funds and, and when they need a gadget, they considered that as an emergency when in fact that it's not. But yes, if, if these people talk to a financial planner before they make a purchase, they would be told that no, it's not. Yes, because it's, it's it not would a, misalign the financial plan. Yes, and the financial yes. goal. Yeah, yes. uh, I appreciate that you you're aware of your expenses, especially without gadgets and and your emotions. Uh, that's one of the values that the financial advisors provide, encouraging the client to focus that financial goal. It's a, especially uh, they have what's called a different attitudes in regards on handling the funds especially in yeah. impulsive buying so that's why it's uh, important to have the to have a financial planner to have a collaborative approach on achieving your financial goals yeah definitely i i definitely agree 100 percent and that's why it is a goal for us to be able to help filipinos get access to a financial planner um, even if initially they would think that they can't afford it, right? Um, we have to demystify that as well. But for now, <laughs> let's focus on stock investing. So as a specialist, how do you tend to address these like three common misconceptions? That would be the creating awareness and education to the Filipino people, but not also to other individuals who are who wants to engage in the financial markets. To add on also that uh, some would say that stock investing is also a, uh, is a scam, but hmm. the stock investing in the stock market is heavily regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commissions and other hmm. government agencies that rela- relating to the any stock investing. So you, right. you could say that the investors are also protected from any scams or any missed or malpractices from other companies. That's why we as financial ad- advisors also need to be aware of any scams mm-hmm. around, around in the community or any updates on the financial markets because once we know that uh, we are aware of that and we are updated uh, it creates a confidence between the client to achieve their financial goals yeah oh and yeah so we we mentioned or we talked about like sources earlier before we started recording can you give us friends some of the resources that you would recommend um, every financial planner or even advisors should check out on on a regular basis? Yeah, sure. For the Philippine settings, uh, we'll provide those links on the description. So first one would be the if you're into Facebook, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commissions have their official page where 
uh, there are posts on what's on the updates or the advisory uh, advisories and notices. Then other one you could check directly to their website. Uh, we'll provide that link also. Yeah. For the Philippine stock market, there's also a specific website on that. We also add that. Uh, that's in the PSE Edge portal. That way, uh, if if you want to verify those news, uh, you better check that PSE Edge portal. Because uh, if there's any reports, there would be a clarification of news reports. So it would give better information and and clarity to the investors who are investing to that or or who wants to invest to that particular stock. Mm, Right. And any other sources that you'd like to share? There's also some news media, but I'm not Mm. affiliated with that. But you could go with the business world online. I usually follow that any news regarding the Philippine market. Also, they also tackle with the other Southeast Asian countries. Nice. Right. And so that's very helpful, right, to be able to keep abreast on what's currently happening in the financial world. But we can't, as people in the financial advice industry, we would always receive um, clients or people that we know telling us that, hey, I saw this post in Facebook, for Mm -hmm. example, or I saw this person referring this type of um, investment online. And like, how do we educate them in a way that they would not push back on how they can be more mindful of taking or of making sure that they pick and choose the type of information that they receive uh based from my experience usually if the, if the client or the somebody creates a doubtful or any having doubts on that link or information post mm-hmm. it's, it's better to stay away with that but mm-hmm. if you need more clarity with that you yeah you, you consult with the financial advisor and the financial advisor checks with that to the circle of financial advisors and mm. also with the government and the reg- other regulatories. So that will verify that this uh, this information or this post is verified or that's, and we can call it legit or that's credible. Yeah, so, and, but that's only like how you advise mm-hmm. um, people who reach out to you. But as a an advocate, Like, how do you, just in general, how do you minimize the spread of fake news around investing or at least help the the majority of the Filipino consumers steer clear of scams? In the social media, Mm -hmm. I believe there are pages, which uh, they call them as verified pages. The one with the Mm -hmm. circle, a blue circle with a a white check mark. So uh, that could be a sign that it's a verified page. Mm-hmm. There's also times when you follow or like those groups or pages, it will notify you that this community uh, provides uh, false information of that. And this could be mm-hmm. create awareness to the, to the readers or who wants to join to that group. Mm-hmm. That would create, uh, with that, it creates awareness to the 
readers? That's very helpful because I actually didn't um, really think about verified pages in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in general, would just steer clear on any financial um, advice that I get on Facebook. So that's in general, except for the people who I know who are really credible. So mm-hmm. we, we talked about earlier before we started recording about the sources that I, or the where I get my sources. And that's why I ask you for more referrals so that I can have more. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, I think verified pages is really a good way to go. Like the, that's the hands down the easiest way to make sure that you are getting um, verified information or um, from qualified sources. And I ask this because it, it is a very widespread um, problem, I think, that right now there are a lot of um, information that's out there, especially in Facebook, where a lot of majority of us Filipinos are um, – tuned into all the time, right? And even in TikTok, um, TikTok is a new platform, but a lot, there are a lot of financial advice that are out there. And it turns out that a lot of them are unverified. And the people who provide these advice are not even um, registered or certified financial planners, financial advisors, or consultants. And like... I guess what I wanted to ask is how do you deal with these types of um, information? Like when you see it, do you flag this type of information if you think it's questionable or like, do you tell other people not to um, subscribe to this person or to this page or to this account? Uh, I don't, I don't usually follow yeah. on the TikTok but oh, I don't <laughs> usually too. watch any you know, TikTok videos regarding <laughs> the financial advice but mm-hmm. in my case if I saw that usually some of the clients uh, or the readers the watchers mm-hmm. or the viewers mm-hmm. they just ignore it and don't flag it but mm-hmm. some of those uh, if they saw those profile and they want to verify verify that name that this mm-hmm. cl- uh, this profile is a, let's say, a registered or a certified uh, professional. Yeah, I think it's better to check the website or the who's the license, the licensee or that, uh, yes. before let's say you report it or or make some any excessive actions because we mm-hmm. we don't know that let's say the that profile is still building and Mm-mm. it's ongoing on a verification so and we don't know yet but i think it's best to consult with professionals or regulators on that page if that is credible or not uh, even though we know that social medias have those the easy verification pages or is it easy verification page marks yeah that's cool and so another qu- question that popped into my mind as we were talking about this with regards to stock investing. So you were uh, a full-time trader, right? And you've been doing this for six years. And I'm sure that there are a lot of your friends or just people that you know would come up to you, ask you a question regarding uh, the stock market 
but do you provide them an in-depth advice or a, or a ready answer or is it like how do you manage that as a as a stock trader and a financial consultant when someone asks you off the bat like hey what are you investing right now i want to invest in that too uh usually uh tell them that there's there would be a disclaimer that there should that there's a risk of capital loss with that uh, i usually tell them that uh please do at your own risk and make some re- uh, do some research i'll just provide them what are the links to help them decide to buy for that but if you provide them that i'll oh, buy that buy this or that and the stuff turned around so you'll be blamed for that so it's best to provide them the credible sources information to if it's best to invest with that right and because it's different right so i just want to make because a lot of people think that if i just copy whatever it is that you're doing i'm sure to make the same type of success as this other person but it's not always the case yes that's correct so and that's one of the reasons why i think some of the misconceptions around the your your profession as a as a trader actually is that I don't need someone to help me. I can just copy what they do. How should a financial advocate place the value of a uh, a trader or a broker into a client or for a client? It's best to show an analogy or a case study with that if he mm. wants to try to copy those trades and mm. that's aligned aligns with the financial goals or if that is client uh, his preferences that he wants to copy trade so he can achieve that financial goal or anything but it still needs to have uh, you still need to know what's your risk profile what's mm-hmm. your risk appetite because it, it will determine what's your personality on regards to managing your risk There's some say uh, you some would they would just copy but the risk is too high and they can't mm-hmm. bear those huge losses in regards to a uh, high rewards that's true because like for me i'm very risk adverse so mm-hmm. so i and if you as a as a trader most likely have a very like big risk appetite correct me if i'm wrong so if i copy whatever it is that you do and in case you incur a loss for you that's okay because you have a big risk appetite but for me who doesn't it would be a very big blow yes. and um, i might not be able to recover or if i um if i do recover it won't be the same as like your your trajectory because it's different from mine um so yeah i, I really want that and i think there's a lot of things that we um, that we can discuss more into s- stock trading and a lot more things to demystify in the financial advice section. So maybe we'll do another podcast for that. But for now, what is your advice, France, for um, for financial advisors um, and anyone in the industry 
who wants to promote or to spread more credible information about investing? Okay, um, it could be uh, this advice could could be not be applicable or anyone is who wants to follow this one, but I think continuing education and more awareness in the financial market because once you know though them you're able to pinpoint what are those fake news what's uh it's credible uh what is right or not because especially uh we are in the information age and there's a lot of information bouncing around or you, yes, you see them true. every day so you, uh, you need to be a good speaker on what's the fake news or not that's and also right. the government or other regulatories regulatories to keep check also on uh, for those people who spread those yes. fake news because uh, it might hurt the invest the overall investors' confidence that would create um, let's say the risk averse to different financial instruments. Oh, that's true. Um, especially, <laughs> and what comes to mind is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. This is uh, something that's not regulated, and it's also new, especially in the ears of uh, Filipinos. It's been around for a very long time, but I noticed that it has been hype these days, and there are a lot of fake information that are out there. In particular, the the one that was named after Squid Games, I remember. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and so I I feel like your your advice is really on point to always learn about what's what is currently happening in the world because it's where you get the knowledge to become wiser at the type of information that you should consume. So before we formally end the show, Francis, where can people find you if they want to get to know you more or ask for your advice or your service. Yep, I'm glad to share my contact to mm. to our view, listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. An email, that would be canizarisfrancis at gmail.com. So the email address will be provided in the description. Mm. So I repeat, that's canizarisfrancis at gmail.com. And for the phone number, that would be plus 639183638789 eight seven eight three uh, I'll repeat that one that would be plus six three nine one eight three six three eight seven eight three all right thanks so much Francis um, anything cool that you've been doing right now or any future projects or programs that you'd like to share with the listeners yeah uh, currently we're starting up a new com- a training company mm, that provides a right. uh, specialized training in regards to wealth management services and also improving the portfolios. Uh, uh, The target market would be on the the banking and the wealth management side, also insurance. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will be more trainings to come as this would create more knowledge, add more knowledge to the specialists and create more value to their clients and provide them sustainable business service nice that sounds so cool so if you guys um 
you guys listening out there want to know more about that, then you can go ahead and send Francis an email or um, give him a ring. So thank you so much, Francis, for being in the show today and uh, talking about demystifying misconceptions about stock investing for financial advocates. So I hope that um, we can have a bit more conversation around um, even stock investing in the future. So if you guys are into that, please let us know. Um, but for now, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being in the show, Francis. Have a good one. Thank you. Good day, everyone. Mm-hmm.